This is Bad Movies We Love, part of the Scheiss Podcast Network. Hello, Bad Movie Lovers. I'm your host, Nick Scheist, and guess what? If you're listening to this, you are the resistance. And that resistance is growing, because as I look at the numbers, August is once again the most listened to month of this show so far. I do a little bit when it comes to social media, but I don't advertise aggressively, and that means that it's you, the listeners, taking the time to listen to the show and tell somebody else about it. And honestly, that means the world to me. So seriously, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so very much for being part of it. Had you told me when I launched this show as its own thing at the beginning of 2023 that there would be hundreds of listeners at this point, I certainly would not have believed it. So I am incredibly humbled and I wanna continue to grow, to get better, to ensure that this show continues to be worth your time. If you're interested in helping grow the show in other ways, you can head over to coffee.com slash badmovieswelove. That's ko-fi.com slash badmovieswelove. I will put the link up for that in the show notes, but I'm still trying to figure out what I want to do exactly with membership perks. I think I'll probably put up unedited episodes and some other bonus content in the meantime anybody that donates will get the invite code to the discord chat where you can ask me questions directly chat bad movies or good movies with me give me feedback and suggestions and i will thank each of you personally on the show because your donations no matter how big or how small go a long way especially when supporting independent podcasts such as this one you can also help support the show by following me on Instagram and Twitter at Bad Movies We Love, and that's Bad Movies We Love spelled L-U-V, and sharing the episodes around when they get released. Any way that you feel that you want to help is much appreciated. Now, as far as today goes, I do have an episode in the can, and I was joined by my friend Nix, who you know from our Showgirls episode, our Godzilla vs. Hedorah episode, and our episode on Troll. And also as the host of Cinema Shit Show, which is now live and up and running. So you can check that out too. But ultimately, I decided to keep our episode on the 1976 King Kong on hold until next week and decided to do a little something different this week. I realized that a certain number of the people that listen to the show probably followed over from when it was incubated on the Scheist podcast. However, I would have to think that the majority of people that listen to this show never did actually listen to the Scheist podcast, and I feel like I should probably introduce myself a little bit more formally eight months into the show's existence. But as you know, my name is Nick, but I should clarify that I have my degree in broadcast journalism, and I worked briefly for Young Hollywood, which at one time was Movie Line magazine before it was rebranded. And honestly, Movie Line was a fantastic magazine, great writers, great articles, and helped to inspire the idea behind this show. 
I also spent a little bit of time writing for LA TV Film USA. Eventually, I moved on to writing for uh, my friend's website, which was roguesonly.com, where I was a contributing writer and then became basically the lead contributing writer. And at that point, I decided to spread my wings a little bit, start my own website, thescheiss.com, where my main focus was movie reviews. And I did that, and I've been doing it for uh, six, seven years now. And I've had a good, strong readership growth every year. And this year, I've been a little bit behind in terms of just straight reviews for the website because I've dedicated a lot of energy to making this show as good as it can be, integrating this show into the website as well, and building the following both ways. So I would ideally like to spend a lot more time writing film reviews, but the normal amount of time I dedicate to that is pretty robust. Probably spend too much time nitpicking it, but that's just the way that I am, and so that's the way it's going to be. And if I can find more time to do that, I will. But I've stayed consistent with the release radar where every Friday I go through every new release that's coming out, both uh, pre-Friday, so anything that came out Wednesday, Thursday of that week, or even Monday in some cases like we've seen this year with uh, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning Part 1. And then cover everything that is going into wide release, everything that's going into limited release, everything that's going to VOD, and everything that is hitting streaming as well. And then time permitting, I make sure that I watch every single trailer that is available for that week of releases and have something to say, something to offer uh, in response to watching those trailers. And then with football season coming up, I will probably continue to write about football as well this season. And I do write some sports for the website here and there, but it mostly became a movie thing. That's where I got my start. That's where the majority of my passion is. And sports was kind of something to fill the time there before I had multiple podcasts that needed my undivided attention. Let's put it that way. But I still did a mid-year report on the movies that I had seen, and I think at the midway point of 2023, I had seen 75, maybe 76 films that were released in 2023. So I had a pretty wide scope of films that I had watched, and really of those, maybe there was like five that I really didn't care for at all, or I felt that just eh, didn't need to exist. But for the most part, I go into movies and I always look for the positive thing to take away, even in a movie that I don't like. And coming off the heels of my own mid-year report, where I just sort of broke down the movies that I liked, here's what I felt was in the top tier, here was sort of the next tier of films that were close and then stuff that I just like straight up enjoyed that I wasn't thinking about, you know, ranking it or anything like that. Because if you've listened to this show, you'll know that I'm not big on rankings or movie ratings. But for the purposes of doing a mid-year report and doing the end-of-year awards for my website that I've done for the last six years... 
there has to be some sort of demarcation line for quality. And I used to have a very overly complex rating system for movies and how I would arrive at a certain letter grade. And it involved graph paper. And I just realized that it's not what I wanted to do. It's not the way that I wanted to view films. It's not the way that I wanted to receive films as an audience member and just uh, as a participant in this piece of art that gets made. And, you know, this show is called Bad Movies. We love not every movie that gets made is a work of art. Not every movie is meant to be a work of art. So I just wanted to be a little bit more receptive overall to the way that I perceive the experience of watching the movie. So anyway, on the heels of doing my mid-year report, I was asked to participate in uh, a broader mid-year award show, and that was the Gold Digger Awards, which was um, put together by my friend Patrick that I met uh, through film Twitter as well, and it was me and a bunch of other film writers and critics from all across the world that got together and submitted ballots for nominations and then voted on winners as well and the results were up for that so I think I'm going to put that link up in the show notes as well just in case anybody wants to check it out because from my perspective I have my view on what I think was the best of the first half of 2023 but the voting body population was heavily international as well so they had exposure to a lot more international films than I did and it shaped the outcome of the awards but I think it's definitely worth looking at all of the different types of movies from around the world that ended up getting recognized in this award show And when I'm not doing any of the aforementioned things, I am running the Scheist International Film Club, which is an online club that I started on Twitter. We started with uh, six people, I think, and now we are in seven countries on four continents, have 50-something members from all around the globe. We've got, let me see, Ireland, England, Scotland. Australia, Canada, Kenya, USA, and I think that's it, but I would need to double check all of the people that are in the club in order to really have a full number on that, because we've added maybe a handful of members over the last eh, few weeks. Right now, we are about to finish off our themed month for August, which is Mafia August, and you guess it, it's Mafia Movies. And we started with City of God, we did Godfather, went all the way back to 1948 for Key Largo, and now we're coming back to 1996 to finish it out with The Funeral, uh, Abel Ferrara's movie, and that's going to end this month before we jump into September, which is, as you probably guessed, superhero movies. Then we're going to Stocktober, which horror movies in October. Uh, November, probably going to stay Nickvember, which you might think is my month, but no, that's Nick Cage Celebration Month. And 
Nick Cage has uh, 100 or so acting credits, so there's no shortage of Nick Cage movies to celebrate during the month of November. Then in December, we're probably going back to Free For All month, where all of the newest members of the club will have a chance to pick their movie of choice from literally any movie in the world, with the one exception that it has to be streaming or rentable or digital somewhere that we can get our hands on it and watch it collectively. Then, once those movies have been watched, we convene on what used to be Twitter Spaces, is now X Spaces, and we get together like an old-fashioned book club, and we talk about the movie and its themes and our favorite elements of it, and we meet new people, we make new friends that way, and it is something that value and want to see continue to grow. So if you're listening to this and you feel like joining a film club and participating in this kind of stuff is something you want to do, you can find me at Nick Scheisty on Twitter, N-I-C-K-S-H-E-I-S-T-Y, spelled the correct way of Scheisty. Or you can reach out to me also at Bad Movies We Love, and uh, I can get you involved that way too. I do have some episodes lined up for this show. As I said, one is already recorded and just waiting to be edited. And I've got a couple more interviews lined up as well, talking about potentially Sucker Punch and Conan the Barbarian, which both of those are going to be tons of fun. I've got one more negotiation going on to see which movie is going to get brought to the table. But I also just want to shout out some friends of the show who have their own podcasts who have been kind enough to like the stuff that I'm doing here, share it around, and support this show. I don't know for sure whether or not the show is going to continue, but my friend Donald ran a great podcast called You, Me, and a Movie. That's actually how him and I connected. Uh, I think I was maybe the second guest on his show, and he was actually the first guest on this show. So if you have time, check it out. And I also want to shout out Seth and Michelle, some friends of mine that run a podcast called Movie Friends. It started as sort of a journey in film education and has grown into much, much more. So if you're a fan of movies or the OC or people eating gross things, they've got you covered. Also, Cinema Shit Show, uh, Ben and Nick's, they just released their first episode, and you probably heard them talking showgirls on this show. So if you want to hear more of that madness, you can check out Cinema Shit Show. My friend Felicia, who you may remember from our episode on The Mask, has her podcast up, and it's called Seeing Faces in Movies, and she is a classic film, I'm going to say expert, and it's a great place to get your classic film history education. And I'm going to be doing a guest appearance coming up pretty soon in September as I virtually cross the pond to talk to my friends Liam and Wayne from In Film We Trust. They do deep dives on all kinds of films, and it's going to be an interesting blend of styles as we talk about a movie that... I will not throw this word around lightly, but I'm going to say it's a masterpiece, and that's Paul Verhoeven's RoboCop. I love it, and I can't wait to see where that conversation goes. And now that that's out of the way, I want to say that the real reason for doing this show solo today 
was because I wanted to present a wish list. And it's something that I've been wanting to do for at least a few weeks now. I mean, I've had it in the back of my mind for a while. I've kept like a loose wish list for the movies that I want to include on this show. But I also want the people that come on this show to have the freedom to pick the movie that they want to talk about. Because one thing that I've realized from doing this show is that as much as this is a show about movies, it is a show about movies that are perceived to be bad or have bad reputations, it's really a show about people and why people love the movies that they do. And in doing the show for eight months, it's the thing that has stood out to me as kind of the core of what the show really is. And there's been a lot of films that have been brought to my attention that I haven't seen, that I would have never seen had they were not had they not been brought to my attention for the purposes of this show. So I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for being exposed to these things that I wouldn't have had exposure to otherwise. But that doesn't mean I don't have a personal wish list of the movies that I really had in mind when I started to craft the idea for this show back in the end part of 2022. So without further ado... I've said it on this show before, I've said it online, I've said it on Twitter and Instagram, I've said it in person. The crown jewel of the bad movies we love wish list is Waterworld from 1995. Waterworld is amazing, the practical effects work is absolutely fantastic. I think it was just way ahead of its time, and if the movie came out now as a much more poignant metaphor for climate change, I think it would be received a lot differently. And the Waterworld stunt show at Universal Studios is still probably the best thing you can do at Universal Studios. I don't have these things ranked, by the way, but just looking at the list here as I'm going down it, uh, number too loosely, which is a movie that helped inspire the show. It is on the poster art for this show, and that's Drop Dead Fred. I actually did a little audio dissertation on Drop Dead Fred for movie friends. Um, so if there's someone out there listening that loves Drop Dead Fred the way I do, please reach out to me and we'll cover that one. Another one of those movies that helped inspire the idea for this show is Maximum Overdrive, which has left me traumatized and afraid of 18-wheelers to this day. Another one that just popped into my memory that was brought to my attention the other day is Congo. That's right, the movie with Amy the Talking Gorilla. While I'm at it, I might as well check some other 1995 movies off the list. So we've got Tank Girl with Lori Petty. We've got Johnny Mnemonic, Keanu Reeves, Virtuosity with Denzel Washington and Russell Crowe. The original Mortal Kombat. Uh, ooh, Judge Dredd, Sylvester Stallone. And Major Pain, Damon Wayans. Let's see if I can keep it grouped together by year. I don't know that there's that many that are connected, but looks like 
There's some other early to mid-90s films on this list as well. In the Army Now, that's Pauly Shore. Barb Wire, Pam Anderson's sort of futuristic cyberpunk movie. We've also got Jack Frost. Not the Michael Keaton Jack Frost. We're talking about the horror movie Jack Frost with a murderous snowman. And that's 1997. Freaked from 1993, which, as I found out watching with Donald and Seth, that Freaked is not a bad movie at all. It just doesn't have great reviews, so it qualifies, and I'll be happy to talk about that. We've also got Mars Attacks from 1996. I just put Blank Man on this list today, another Damon Wayans film. We've also got, what else? The Super Mario Brothers movie from 1993. This new Mario Brothers, I don't care how much money it made, I don't care how good the animation is, that is not my Mario Brothers. Checking some boxes off of the 80s, we've also got No Holds Barred, the Hulk Hogan movie, uh, Flash Gordon, American Ninja, which is one of those bad movies that helped form my love for bad movies because it really is not good, but got a soft spot for it. We've got Masters of the Universe from 1987, and Return to Oz, the super creepy, awesome sequel to The Wizard of Oz. As we pivot to the 2000s and beyond, we've got Leprechaun in the Hood from 2000, Rollerball from 2002, the remake, uh, Battlefield Earth from 2000, love Battlefield Earth, it's so weird, so bizarre, so maligned as being terrible, but I know a lot of people love this movie. And we've also got, let's see, Ghost of Mars from 2001. That's another one that's just like Battlefield Earth. Weird, futuristic, mostly considered bad. Uh, Ang Lee's Hulk from 2003, which I just watched not too long ago. And it gets better the further it gets away from 2003. So at its 20-year mark, I think people should take a look back at that and see the style and the comic book ingenuity that went into that. It's still, I think, maybe the best on-screen representation of the Hulk that we've gotten so far. We've also got Rubber on the list, the telekinetic tire that falls in love with a woman and kills a bunch of people. And this one is kind of up in the air because I haven't seen it, but it's been brought to my attention many times, and that's Cats from a few years ago. So that one is still on my to-do list as well. And then I broke it down into some subcategories. The first of those subcategories is Hulkamania, because as I mentioned, No Holds Barred is one of the movies from the premiere wish list, but it also qualifies for the weird era in film where Hulk Hogan was all of a sudden in a bunch of movies. Uh, we have Suburban Commando with Christopher Lloyd. That's a weird one. We've also got Santa with Muscles, where I think he gets amnesia and wakes up and believes that he is the real Santa Claus. And then Thunder in Paradise, the movie. Not the TV show, but this is the movie that inspired the TV show that then inspired other sequels. Kind of. So, those four movies, I think, for Hulkamania would be fun. Then, we move on to the Schwarzenegger Collection. And I was super surprised to see that Twins was low-rated enough to be able to make the cut for this show because Twins is awesome. I've never met anyone who didn't like Twins, so I would be really interested to see why the critics thought it was bad. We've also got Junior, a movie in which Arnold Schwarzenegger gets pregnant. I mean, you can say what you want about Arnold and his sort of cliched action roles from 
the 80s and the 90s. But at the end of the day, I think he's a very good comedic actor that really doesn't get the chance to do that very often. So along those same lines, I'm going to say Batman and Robin is on this list where he plays Mr. Freeze. Jingle All the Way, another Arnold comedy Christmas movie, so maybe bump that to Christmas. Uh, Killing Gunther from 2017, which I saw in a theater full of people that worked on the movie, surprisingly, uh, and that was it, and it was me and my fiancé at the time. So, the last one on the Arnold list is Raw Deal, which I just watched the other night, and that movie's crazy. He gets a cake thrown at him by his wife, and then she's barely in the movie the rest of the way. He pats a steel gasoline pipe on the head as if it's a dog, and he does it like he really cares. So, Raw Deals definitely qualifies as one of the movies that uh, is going to go on the Arnold list at some point. So, if there's an Arnold list, you know that there's a Jean-Claude Van Damme list. And maybe I save this for next year and we do it in June because I was going to do Jean-Claude Van Damme and do all Van Damme movies for Film Club. But some of the movies that I want to make this particular show would be Cyborg from 89, Double Impact, where he plays dual roles as himself and his twin brother separated at birth. Uh, Hard Target, where he rides a motorcycle, has a mullet, and punches a snake in the face. We've got Time Cop on the list, which, you know what, I had really fond memories of Time Cop for a long time, and then I rewatched it recently, and I'm like, oh, this really is a much worse movie than I had given it credit for at one point. We've got Double Team, where he and Dennis Rodman team up together in just the most unlikely pairing, so that one's got to be on there. And then, of course, the 1994 adaptation of Street Fighter, where for some reason they chose a Belgian guy to play Guile, the most American military guy in Street Fighter, Uh, and Universal Soldier, which I still believe is a good movie, and I think I have someone on the hook for that, so stay tuned for Universal Soldier. And then the last sort of subcategory on the wish list before we get out of here is what I'm just going to loosely say is maligned remakes. Movies where mostly the first one was so good that there was no need to make a reboot. And at the top of the list, you heard me mention RoboCop earlier, so of course the 2014 version of RoboCop is on my list for remakes. It's really not that bad. It's just a movie that probably shouldn't exist. But in the same vein as that, we've got the 2012 Total Recall on this list. But not to be outdone, Nick Cage is making an appearance as we have both Bangkok Dangerous and The Wicker Man on my wish list for this. We've also got Planet of the Apes from 2001, the Mark Wahlberg version of Planet of the Apes. 2000 Shaft, and that's Samuel L. Jackson's Shaft, that also stars Christian Bale, though. Uh, We've got Amityville Horror with Ryan Reynolds, which, you know what, from some horror fans that I spoke to, they like it more than the original Amityville Horror, so I was surprised to see that it was rated low enough to make this show. But sticking with horror remakes, Quarantine with Jennifer Carpenter from uh, Dexter as the lead is a remake of Wreck, and I really liked Quarantine as well, so I want to bring that one in here. And then, last but not least on the wish list, I threw Death Race on there, because Death Race is basically as straightforward a title as this show. So if you heard any of those titles and thought, I love that movie, and I would love to talk about it sometime, 
please reach out to me. Let me know which movie that is. And also, if you listen to that entire list and you thought, hey, I don't like any of those movies, but you still have a bad movie you love, like Gingerbread Man, for example, then please feel free to reach out to me and we'll get something on the books. That concludes the wish list segment of this show. And we're at about a half an hour right now, so I'm just going to call it a wrap. And I hope you stay tuned for our episode coming out next week on King Kong. Thank you to everyone who took the time to listen to this episode. I know you have a lot of choices when it comes to podcasts, and I appreciate you spending your time with us. I hope you enjoyed the show, and if you do, please consider leaving a rating and telling a friend about it. And the new support page is live at coffee.com. That's ko-fi.com slash badmovieswelove. I'd love to hear from you. So if you have a bad movie you love and or maybe would like to be a guest on the show, you can contact me now at badmovieswelove at thescheiss.com or badmovieswelove on Twitter and Instagram. And that's love with an L-U-V. And as always, take care, be well, stay safe, and have fun however you get your movies.